Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up, inspiring health stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I am also the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. Hit that subscribe button and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. Now, today you are going to meet, stand by, the person featured on this Lay's potato chip bag. And if you're not watching this, you're listening to this, he's on a Lay's potato chip bag. <laughs> um, but he's also so much more. His name is Jean-Paul Laurent, and he's telling us about his nonprofit, Unspoken Smiles. And that's on this episode of Lift You Up. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, welcome. I am so excited to meet you. I am joined today by Jean-Paul Laurent. He is a very accomplished (laughs) and interesting person. I'm going to let him tell you more, but I want to mention he's an award-winning social entrepreneur, a published author, a keynote speaker, a devoted humanitarian. He is the founder and CEO of Unspoken Smiles. (laughs) and i'm excited to meet him and introduce him to all of you hi jean paul hello tomika thanks for having me on your amazing show it's been a dream you know because i i'm all about anything health and to see someone to really put something together to talk to people about health and it's it's so exciting so i'm really honored to be here and I hope uh, your listener will learn a lot about uh, the work that we do. And uh, thank you for having me. No, thank you. So why don't we start there? I, I of course, want to know more about you and your background and your story. But tell me really what you do right now. Yes. So I run Unspoken Smiles Foundation. It's a nonprofit organization purely dedicated to, uh, to solve the oral health crisis. Globally, we have over 3.58 billion people who are affected by oral diseases. And when we talk about oral diseases, there's a lot more than just the teeth or cavities. There's oral cancer. The oral health crisis. I've actually, for me, I've never heard that term. Um, so that's that's interesting. Um, and how many, you said 3.5 billion? eight billion people you know and that's just an estimate because there's really no uh data that that can provide uh, a deeper understanding on how deep the problem is and and and, and also affected 500 million children uh, who are currently living with untreated to decay so meaning they have at least one or three uh existing advanced cavities uh, in one of the of the permanent teeth. And that so that's affecting 500 million children. 
538 million children. 38 million children. So is this all, this is all over the world? This is globally. Is there any areas in particular that are seeing um, more of this oral health crisis um, than others or just areas where this is a concentrated problem or is it widespread? Yeah, it's widespread, but you know, like for, for the children, it's, it's a common uh, thing that I see uh, everywhere that I go. They all have existing or uh, early to advanced stage of uh, caries lesion. Uh, for people who are not in the field, caries or like small cavities, small hole inside your tube. And that can then become bigger to, to the point that you need to extract the tube and can cause any problems, whether it's functioning issues or problems eating or problems attending school. And other for adults, like other bigger issues related to uh, diabetes, uh, periodontal disease, that heart disease, there's a lot more to it than just like the, the two. It was imperative that we tackle this issue not as a clinician's perspective because we know uh, clinicians will always be there and you know just because you're a doctor you treat it to today, tomorrow you can develop like another cavity in the center that, that, that was treated. And for us, it was important for me to design a program that really tackle the root cause of the issue and, and, and do so empowering other people, local communities as well. Because we we were in the mood, uh, in the model to bring uh, dentists from the US to other places because, you know, uh, they're already dentists locally. They just need to, to be empowered. They just need resources. They just, they just need knowledge and support to take care of, the, of their own communities. In India, where we have currently a program in Gatchiroli district is in the state of Maharashtra. Uh, it is the highest rate of oral cancer in that region for the entire India and possibly the world. And, uh, and, and this is all due to the people, heavy consumptions of something called kara and uh, smokeless tobacco, where they chew it. And then that gives uh, early oral cancer lesions and then with, uh, with them not following up with, with the doctor to when they see the early lesions and it becomes something much bigger to the point that, you know, it's, it's not possible to treat anymore and people actually die. Wow. And the key problem with that is back in the days, it used to be like mostly older uh, people who would chew the tobacco. Now they pass it on to a younger generation and which is why our program is important because we have a program in schools so that we educate kids at a very young age to equip them with not just the knowledge but also the resources given giving them toothbrushes and toothpaste all the resources they need to maintain healthy habits throughout the right. entire life yeah no and that's what i was going to say i'm sure a huge part of this is education so that people know how to care for you know their oral health in the right way because our oral health is like you just mentioned so so such a big it's, it's our overall health what is your story how did you end up here as the founder and ceo of unspoken smiles where did this start for you have you always been interested in you know good oral health and hygiene and great teeth 
I mean, everything that I do is tied to my personality or who I am. You know, first, uh, I always like uh, love smiling, and and smiling is the, is the first thing that I notice about people, and people also notice about me. So I've always wanted to to use that to my advantage every time I meet people. But you know, uh, the the field of dentistry uh, came about after I uh, graduated from. Rockland Community College and needed to transfer to a school to get my uh, my bachelor degrees. And NYU College of Dentistry was the only school in New York with uh, with a bachelor in dental hygiene. So I said, you know, let me go transfer to NYU, get in the program, and then and see if I, if I really like it. You know, I got accepted and I was so excited. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go all the way to become a dentist and and go for it and and from there while i was studying there the, the earthquake happened in haiti and that's where uh, things uh, kind of take a different turn and as a haitian citizen i wanted to do something you know and i didn't have money and the only thing i knew how to do is uh, dentistry so i I traveled to Haiti a year later, but even after a year, things still things were still very bad there. Of course, know? no. I mean, and I remember this is very much your home, like your people, your culture. Like, I'm sure when that happened, I mean, you tell me when you heard the news of the earthquake, how did you feel? What what went through your mind? I mean, it was like really devastating because I was at work. I was working at a dental office in New York City, and then the, my boss said, "Hey, come look, look at the TV. What's happening?" And my heart just dropped because you know I, I still had family there, I had friends there, my nephew uh, was still living there, so it was like a total panic for me. And he told me like, "If you need to take a break, if you need to leave, you can do it." So I took off and just go immediately call my parents to figure out what's going on, who's affected or not. But we were trying to call and contact people in Haiti. We couldn't go through because communication was shut down. So it was like a really hard moment because we had to wait like 15 days uh, maximum to find out who passed away, who didn't. And every day we were seeing pictures in the news of my school was uh, collapsed. Um, some faculties, my dad's school also collapsed. And imagine if he was there in the school, he could have uh, been a victim also. Uh, some of my best friends that I went to school with passed away from there. It, it was just like complete devastation for me, you know, from that moment and even till today, you know, it's still not something that I could process because uh, I was lucky to be in this country but if, if I was just back in Haiti, this could have be uh, me, you know? And that's why I, I took this very seriously and I, and I really wanted to do something just in honor of all my friends uh, who passed away and all the victims also who didn't make it because I truly felt lucky to, to be alive. And, and, I, and never I felt so much connections to Haiti because prior to coming to America, I'd never traveled anywhere. Haiti was the only place I knew. It was everything for me. And, and it was also the first time I returned back to Haiti and, and really saw 
the level of poverty and, and where I, I came from. And it really uh, took me a moment to, uh, to, to realize what I really wanted to do uh, with my life moving mm. forward. You know? Yeah. A year after the earthquake, you figure out what it is that you are going to do. So what happens at that point when you travel back to Haiti? When I traveled back to Haiti, we came up with the supplies, everything that we had, we announced, hey, we're here to help the children with dental care. And within seconds, we were flooded with like thousands of people, wow. kids and from the entire camp. And um, so at that moment, it was like very overwhelming for me because I didn't have enough for everyone. So we just got enough to see kids, but you know, uh, the issue was like so people were like so much in need and they needed even adults were coming to me hey look uh, I have pain I'm using aspirin to put on the tube to relieve the pain for me which also caused any sa uh, secondary effect on the old tissues so it's just like a lot of information that you know while I was studying and actually was seeing it in person for the first time you know even not in the clinical setting so it was just like a really eye-opener for me and really saw the level of needs in uh, underserved communities. And as someone who's passionate about helping people, I really wanted to do something. And uh, this gave me opportunities to really uh, follow through uh, my personal commitment to, to this project. And you went there to treat children, but adults and everyone is pretty much coming to you was it that culturally um they hadn't been receiving the type of oral care um there and were in need of that or was it effects of of the um the earthquake and just not even having access to to care since then or was it a little bit of both the issue of dental care was always there, you know, and and in in those communities uh, like Haiti, um, access to dental care it's it's a major problem. So growing up in Haiti, I, I've never been to the dentist until I came to the U.S. and and it's it's similar for most people, you know. And if you don't have money, you know, it's not part of what you do, and you're not gonna just go. You just wait. So something bad happened. You know, it makes sense. And I'm so glad that you're sharing that. And, you know, you don't make me feel like I'm asking as stupid questions because, you know, it, it, these are the things that growing up here in the U.S. Um, we can take for granted. Right. And or, you know, if you don't come from underserved uh, communities, um, you know, I grew up going every six months to get a cleaning. And if I had a problem, I got it taken care of. And I always stayed on top of my dental appointments. But I I know that's not the case for everybody, but it's not, it's just that it's not something that's top of mind that I'm thinking about. And if you don't have it, that can turn into a big, a, a big problem. So to hear that you never went to the dentist until you came to the U.S. in 2004, you know, that's important for people to hear and understand. So you're really serving a need. Um, so now I understand why you felt um, so compelled to go back to your home country and, and provide this service. 
it, it was the greatest moment because I actually went to the school that I grew up with and see and picture myself because growing up, I've never seen anyone from outside coming to my classroom to talk about dental care. And for me to be the first one to go back there in the very same school that I, I, I grew up and to, to do something like that was very meaningful to me. And I'm sure for the kids also, because they were like so excited, you know, and this is that excitement that get me through and that keep me going to, to this program because, you know, I know uh, it's, it's making a difference. Absolutely. You know? So how long um, did you end up staying in Haiti? And do you know how many people you were able to see and help? Yeah, initially for for the after the earthquake uh, when we when we, saw to, when we went to the camp we saw about uh, 200 kids and we do we did screening about uh, 100 uh, adults and because that was the only thing that we, we could do but you know the line was like, way longer than that and but that excitement and you know, when I went there, I expected the kids to be sad because of all those things that happened to them. But they were like so happy to, to see me. They were so excited to receive the sample toothbrush. And it, it changes everything, you know, and that's that's what I wanted to 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 do to help. And that's what I so is that where Unspoken Smiles was born? Yeah, it was the duality of this moment that that gave Unspoken uh, Smile its name because I I knew be behind all those smiles there was, there was a story that I wanted to tell and you know that's where the name awesome. came. Awesome. So tell me, you know, where you are now. So this started in Haiti after the earthquake. Right now you're calling me from Costa Rica. I know you travel all over. Um, tell me how this has evolved and how you founded this nonprofit and really what you're doing. I know we touched on it earlier, but really what you're doing and who you're serving now. I mean, for me, when I really made up my mind and what I wanted to do, so first I need to I needed to learn about the nonprofit sector. So I didn't have that skill. So I ended up going to Columbia University to get my master's uh, in public administrations a focus on nonprofit management where I learned the skills to manage a nonprofit. And it was during that time that the nonprofit kind of grew globally. Uh, and what I wanted to do is just remove myself from doing everything and empowering other local communities, indigenous people to take the leadership of this program as a chapter. Uh, and that's how we grew the program because, you know, for me, it wasn't... Uh, uh, important to bring dentists from here to those places they already have people with the knowledge with the skills that we could use to to serve their own communities a lot of them felt really happy because other organizations won't take them into consideration and they just come into those communities and and most of the times the only thing they could do is extract the tea meanwhile if we put all the resources towards the local dentist, uh, not only save jobs, people feel more propelled to go to the local dentist, uh, but also they get routine care. You know, they don't have to wait a year for a charity organization to come there. By that time, that infection could spread out and cause much more problem. 
And that's, that's exactly what we're trying to do with our programs. And it's fully designed to really uh, change people's life and tackle the root causes of all disease and also do empowering uh, local I communities. I love this. It makes so much sense because you're you're not just saying, hey, we're just going to go in there and, and and serve your community, help you with education and um, treat you. But we are going to empower you to do this locally so that you can continue to have routine care. This is awesome. So how you tell us, how is it going? Like where are there where have you been able to implement this, what you're doing in Costa Rica? Yes, so what we've done, we've initiated pilot projects uh, in eight countries across the world, Romania, El Salvador, Guatemala, uh, Haiti, Dominican Republic, India, and the most successful of all is um, Kurdistan regional Iraq. It was like something that I never thought I would do. So your name on Instagram is, is Mayor of Smile, which I love, and... This is very representative of that name. <laughs> yes, show it. I love that. Um, so you have to tell me the story behind how your smile ended up here on a Lay's bag of chips. And I, I love this. We'll have to show this as well. Your um, picture and about you are here on Lay's bags all around the country. So Lay's uh, started in February, actually, when my friend nominated me uh, for, for the Smile with Lay's campaign. And soon after, they contacted me. They said they love the story. They'd love to, for me to, to join. And, and I love what they stand for because it's, it's so me. It's so who I am. So I applied for it. And then the rest is history. And I ended up being a, a finalist uh, where selected 30 of us whose uh, face will be uh, featured on uh, three of those flavors uh, nationwide so so i was like, super of excited of course you should be super excited that's awesome um congratulations on that by the way and it's just it makes sense because it's just totally in line with who you are and how you're helping people so i want to ask because i always like to ask a health tip from people who come on the show. So is there something that is just helpful for all of us to know when it comes to uh, preventative care or just taking care of, you know, our oral health that you think most people don't do? The only thing I could tell people is that a, a toothbrush changes everything, you know, but it's not really, uh, what you use, it's how you use it, right? That makes all the difference. And when I do like uh, education classes with the kids and the first thing I tell them is that you brush your teeth in the morning for everybody else and you brush your teeth at night for yourself. Because at night, that's when all those bacteria is happening and all those chemical reactions and that could cause cavities. And, and that's why I always recommend people to brush twice a day one in the morning, one at night. I love that. I, lo I love what you said. You, you brush your teeth in the morning for everybody else and you brush your teeth at night for yourself. 
And we all need a little more self-love and self-care. So <laughs> so do it at night too. This has been great, Jean-Paul. Is there anything else that you wanted to add that I didn't ask you? Thank you for having me. And this year marks a pivotal point for Unspoken Smiles. Uh, and we will be launching our biggest call to action ever. And we want you to get involved. So join us and support us. I like featuring nonprofits on, on this show. So tell me how I can tell people to support you because we'll link to all this below in the show notes as well as how they can find you and connect with you. Yes, uh, we would love to have everybody involved, you know, because, you know, dental care is something that affects everyone uh, irrespective of your location, your background, your economic status. So all of you should get involved. So please join us at unspokensmiles.org to learn more about what we do in our process and the people will help. And if you feel propelled to join to support, please do so also. Follow us on social media at Unspoken Smiles and we would love, we'd love to have you on board. Thank and you. they can find you as well at Mayor of Smile. Mayor of Smile is where you can find me as well. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jean-Paul Laurent. I, I love his cause. I love the work that he's doing. It is so needed and so appreciated that he's doing it. And I also like that nice little reminder at the end to brush your teeth two times a day, once in the morning for other people and once in the evening for yourself. It's always good to have a refresher on those things because our oral hygiene and health is part of our overall health. So make sure you find his information below in the show notes. Find out how you can support Unspoken Smiles and stay connected with him on social media, as am I. <laughs> and you know what I also want you to do, I ask you every week if you haven't done it yet, I don't know why, make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, connect with me on LinkedIn, hit subscribe on YouTube, all the good stuff. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, stay happy, stay healthy.